Welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind the spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey and create a space to learn. Great spaces shape our lives, they inspire, nurture and reflect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So, whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces in the brilliant Good afternoon and thank you for having me today. Oh, such a pleasure. And I have to say, what a week to come because the whole hotel has been deep cleaned. It certainly has. Uh, and uh, that's something that we do every year. We take uh, a good seven, ten days uh, to spruce up the place mm. and making sure that we look our best uh, throughout uh, for the rest of the year, really. Yeah, well, you can come and do my flat next if you like. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and before we get into this really quite lovely hotel and hear all about it, I'd love to start with you and hear about your journey and how you've ended up here in the Cotswolds. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've been in the industry for a fair few years. Uh, I grew up in Italy and uh, worked uh, in places like uh, Hotel Excelsior in Lido, Venice, uh, Hotel Duatore in Verona. Uh, ended up in Munich for a good couple of years and then uh, uh, my, my, uh, ended up uh, traveling to the UK and settled in London where I worked uh, at Claridge's and the Dorchester for altogether uh, 10 years. Um, wow. After that, I decided to uh, um, move to the countryside. I met my uh, uh, wife-to-be in London and uh, we came and settled in Stroud, which is where uh, she grew up. And uh, from then on, I ended up working for the Calcutt uh, collections, including 12 years at Barnsley House mm. uh, as, a, as, as the GM. You've got some really good names there on your CV. What a journey from Italy to Brixton and now in the Cotswolds. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly where I lived. 10 years in Brixton, uh, mm-hmm. worked in Claridge's Dorchester, absolutely loved uh, London. But uh, once we started the family, uh, you know, the calling of the countryside mm. was too strong for me. Yeah, a bit of fresh air. Absolutely. And I'd love to hear, like, what drew you to hospitality then? Because that's quite a long time to work in hospitality in these amazing hotels. What do you love about about it what draws you to it i i i, I think uh, uh, hospitality really it's 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 a vocation first and foremost uh, I, I always describe uh, uh, hospitality as being in part uh, art form and in part uh, artisan crafts uh, the, mm. the the artisan crafts element uh, is really related to the services that we provide uh, but through repetition, we learn to deliver those services to, to the highest of standards. Uh, you know, if you're a chef, uh, you learn uh, butchering, filleting, prepping, uh, fermenting, uh, front of house staff, learn to make uh, coffee, cocktails, foraging for botanicals, uh, making drinks, uh, spa therapists, uh, uh, doing massages. So everything is hand-based, so handcrafted. Uh, the art element, in my view, comes from the spontaneous act of uh, elevating someone's experiences. Yeah. We talk a lot about personalizations, and that's what, uh, uh, you know, in my mind, sometimes you don't even need to create something new or, or give something new to, to, to a guest, simply making them feel unique and all important. That's where mm. the art comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I was saying last night to someone that actually it's so lovely going to a hotel is that really personal, the warmth of the welcome, like stepping into a space that's bubbling with energy, people remembering you're welcome back, which you don't get in an Airbnb or a holiday rental, do you? You're right. And I think, uh, you know, I, I describe it as unscripted hospitality. Mm. It has to be genuine. It has to come from the heart. Uh, uh, you know, that's what I treasure the most. That's what I believe in. That's what I like to see uh, yeah. Um, in my hotels and uh, you know what makes me happy is seeing people happy around me be guests uh, or or team members and uh, the element of uh, conviviality that you can only get in hotels and restaurants Mm. as you said when they're buzzing is something special something that I treasure it comes from 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 my uh, 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 background being Italian as well, there's, we love nothing more than uh, sitting around a table with food and oh, wines yeah. uh, and uh, uh, letting the time uh, go by. Really, mm-hmm. yeah. You guys have got a good thing going when it comes to long lunches. We certainly April. do. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's get into Watley Manor then, because it's yeah. really quite a remarkable building. You come down this gorgeous tree-lined driveway, yeah. and there's a little cluster of buildings sort of peek out. It's mm-hmm. all like little topsy-turvy roofs yeah. and gardens and lawns um, and then we came in through the sort of state the old stable yard I imagine yeah. that beautiful green lawn all the old stables and this beautiful manor sort of pops up out of nowhere and it's really quite topsy-turvy beautiful old, old buildings I'd love to hear yeah. all about it yeah well um, firstly I mean the location as well I think is very important oh, to yes. know where, where we are really and uh, you know we are, we are only a couple of miles outside uh, Mansory which is uh, uh, said to be the oldest continually inhabited uh, town in England yeah. uh, uh, full of independent shops uh, and many high street brands so good, good good place to visit and we're only about 10 minutes away from Tetbury uh, mm-hmm. which is another great market town uh, particularly uh, famous for its antiques um, as you know, just outside Tetbury, we have Highgrove, uh, yes. His Majesty uh, King Charles' residence uh, for the past uh, 30 years. So well, if it's good enough for it, Charles... If it's, it's... good enough uh, for our king, uh, you know, it, it has to be good enough for everyone. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's very fitting that location-wise, uh, you know, we are sitting between Malmesbury and and, uh, and Tetbury, the, the home of our current king and mm. uh, Malmesbury Abbey is actually the resting place of Athelstan, the first king of England uh, really? from back in uh, 939. So very fitting, I think, yes. as a location we couldn't ask for more, really. Um, so in terms, as I said, of locations, we are perfectly placed uh, for, uh, uh, you know, very central in mm. England as well. I think that's uh, really quite uh, special. Um, and, and, and the hotel itself, I think, uh, we, we, you know, the, 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 the building itself dates back to the um, 18th century. Actually, it's not that old. It's a great to building, yeah. great to listed building, uh, full of history. Um, it started off uh, as the residence of the Lord of Easton Grey, which is the hamlet just outside Mansfury where mm-hmm. we are associated with. Um, over time, uh, various buildings have been added to it, uh, and uh, the, the estate was enlarged. Um, uh, very, very important during the First World War, the hold uh, uh, became a packing station for boxes of leggings, uh, galoshes, uh, uh, and Red Cross parcel destined for the front. So, oh, wow. a very strong link there with uh, what was going on during the war. Mm. Um, in, in a, a key moment in time in the history of the place was in the, in the 1920s when um, a, a Canadian, uh, um, Mr. Uh, Cox, uh, who were, became the deputy master of the Burford Hunt, uh, uh, developed the estates, uh, uh, used it for the hunt, but also added more 
land and uh, uh, outer building to the estates mm -hmm. and including the coach house and the Tudor wing that we currently uh, house some of our bedrooms and uh, started actually developing the ornamental gardens mm. also which are now a very important part so um, in most recent history I think we've had uh, uh, the current owners who uh, you know in the 80s fell in love with the property when uh, they were visiting uh, their son who was competing at badminton post trial oh. he was uh, representing switzerland and competing at an international level and uh, they fell in love with it and decided to buy it up when it came up uh, oh. for sales and painstakingly you know brought it back to its former glory uh, creating uh, this amazing building that we have today with uh, uh, you know, 23 bedrooms, uh, 20 distinctive uh, gardens, all inspired by the uh, 1920s design yeah. at the height of the heart and craft uh, movement. Oh, how amazing. And it's it always amazing when you go around these hotels, they are all such labours of love because these are big buildings. Like you see today, everything needs to be stripped back and cleaned and fixed and the upkeep is never ending. And it always comes from someone with such a strong attachment or love of the place and they just want to restore it to the full glory. And I think that's such a beautiful sort of premise to build a space and create a space around. Um, I know you're still very new, but I imagine it's changed a lot over the past, what, 40 years now? Well, the, it, it, it was a hotel in the 80s. Okay. And uh, then in 2003, it reopened its doors under the current ownership. Ah. So we we are we only celebrated last year our 20th, 20th? Uh, anniversary. And uh, despite uh, some elements of sprucing up that happens every year, yeah. uh, the building pretty much now has been in its current format mm. now for about 20 years. Okay, wow. So um, it's, it's, it's well lived in yeah. and uh, that's what we love about yeah. the place that, you know, you genuinely feel like uh, coming to someone's house. Mm. The owners absolutely love art. They love design. And if it's good enough for the homes, it's good enough for the hotel yeah. and vice versa. So mm -hmm. I, I think it stands out in that respect from yeah. any other country house hotels, which are very designer led or practicality led, mm -hmm. whilst for us, it's generally a home that we want to make it work uh, yeah. for our guests as well as ourselves. I think you really get that sense of home when you yeah. walk in. It's yeah. like there's a very small reception area, but then you yeah. go straight through to all these like, beautiful lounges, looking out over the grounds. It's all yeah. very cozy, beautiful panelling, those big windows. And you so kind of snuggle up on a chair in front of the fire and get your book out or something. That's yeah. exactly what we want. We, we want people to, you know, it is a luxury hotel, five star, um, you know, all the service that you can possibly imagine from 24 hour room service, valet parking, um, you know, uh, high level of dining experiences. It's mm. all there. It's yeah. all there. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, we genuinely believe in a scripted hospitality. Yeah. We love nothing better than people coming in, uh, lounging around and kicking their shoes off and mm. uh, put their feet up and yeah. uh, relax. I think that's yeah. exactly what we try to achieve. Which is what we all go on holiday for, isn't it? A bit of a break. Exactly, exactly. One. Yeah. And I love to hear a bit about the food and the drink there because yeah. like, you've got several spaces to try out, don't you, here? Yes, absolutely, yeah. We have uh, our um, dining room, which is mm -hmm. our Michelin star restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Ricky, Ricky Weston is our executive chef. Um, he's, he's, he's an incredible chef and definitely one to watch in my view. I'm slightly biased because I'm the GM here, but I really, really believe that yeah. his skill set and his ability to create uh, uh, incredible uh, food offerings is, is quite unique. Mm. And uh, uh, I think he's got this incredible ability to use uh, 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 um, 
um, uh, fresh produce, uh, local produce, um, and uh, create menus where um, uh, you know the, the the main ingredients on the plates plates really talk. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't try to fuss too much uh, 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 over individual dishes and just let the ingredients mm. talk primarily. Said there, his skill set is really high and yeah. he can actually uh, create complexity in dishes as well that to elevate the whole experience. Yeah. Um, incidentally, it's just working now. We are relaunching now in February now with the reopening. We, we're just pushing up the restaurant as we speak, uh, the dining room with the new color schemes, a few other light uh, touches, and he's going to launch a complete new menu, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, the, uh, Ricky and the team are sort of like fine-tuning the last mm-hmm. few bits uh, uh, of the menu and uh, alongside the uh, sommelier Manuel and uh, Claire, the food and beverage manager, we are we are uh, uh, sort of like finalizing the 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 flights of wine uh, to go alongside oh, the yeah. tasting menu, uh, which I'm uh, uh, very happy to get involved uh, with. So whenever there are wines, uh, I'm, I'm always uh, more than happy to get involved and and. Uh, uh, express my my yeah. opinion so, well you had me at wine flight that sounds great that's, uh, have you um, had a sneak peek at what's going to be on the menu or uh, we we have wrap? yes and uh, we're going to keep that under wrap uh, for Ooh, another couple another. of weeks uh, watch the space we'll i think you're all, all going to be revealed uh, <laughs> in a couple of weeks time alongside that we also get, uh, have gray's restaurants uh, which is a sort of like more sociable dining experience in a very relaxed uh, uh, setting uh, basically, you get the best of both because everything is cooked by Ricky and his team. Mm. Uh, we only have one kitchen, so yeah. the food uh, for the dining room is also reflected in, in grey. So you get high high skill sets uh, uh, delivering uh, really high quality food. It just is a more relaxed environment. It's Lovely. full of la carte. Uh, um, great place to have uh, Sunday lunch, uh, um, and uh, you know we 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 try to. And, uh, and uh, adapt the menu based on the seasonality and what's available out there. Mm. Mm. And I mean, you're spoilt for choice around here, aren't you? In the heart of the Cotswolds, so many local producers and farmers, just absolutely amazing. Yeah, we, we you know, thanks to uh, uh, His Majesty King Charles, who started, uh, you know, the whole organic movement yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, back in the 90s, actually. I think we, we are now almost like taking for granted that everything that grows on our doorsteps yeah. is actually of the highest quality. So we... We can rely on local produce and producers uh, uh, without having to compromise mm. on, uh, on, uh, on on quality. Yeah. I think that's that's a nice place to be, really. Definitely. And uh, you know, sea, land, uh, you name it. I think we are incredibly blessed. I think mm. what the, this country can offer, and certainly here in the southwest, I think we are perfectly perfectly placed. Uh, to get fresh produce uh, on, on our doorstep. Definitely. And I saw your little kitchen garden as we were walking around earlier. We're exactly, yeah. We've got a little kitchen garden. Uh, our garden team and uh, Chef Ricky already plotted, uh, you know, the first mm. crops and uh, micro herbs and uh, anything that we can get into the kitchen, uh, you know, and that's always an exciting time of the mm. year. So like trying to plan ahead and... Uh, uh, put into the ground what really we want uh, to grow yeah. for the kitchens uh, in the months uh, to come. So, yeah, all, all very exciting. I love that. And then we also, as we were walking around, we saw the little chef's counter, which is that incredible sort of green curved bar. It looked very appealing, I That's have to say. That's another super offering that we have here, the green room. Uh, it's a huge uh, horseshoe uh, 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 shaped uh, uh, um, um, show kitchen uh, yeah. where Ricky and his team can actually produce uh, 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 food in front of the guests mm. uh, and uh, we've had 
a number of events uh, uh, recently and uh, more to come uh, in in the weeks and months to come. We try to use that as much as possible, really. Yeah. We've got a special event coming up actually on, on, on the 6th of March with mm-hmm. Charles Cullenbur. It's a four-hands dinner with uh, uh, Ricky, our executive chef, and Charles, who owns uh, Le Maison dans le Parc, uh, which is a restaurant in Nancy. It's the only Michelin-style restaurant ah. in Nancy. And uh, Charles uh, um, 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 honed his skills in England. It was a great tie for, for a few years, and now he started his own business, nice. uh, his own restaurant. So um, um, Ricky went uh, to see him uh, uh, a month ago and did a four-hands dinner uh, in his place, and he's coming over now oh, in fun. March uh, to reciprocate. So that's the sort of place that we try to use as much as possible yeah. for special events uh, and uh, fun evenings where... Yeah. You know, we can all joyfully sit around the table, oh, see them cooking and great. eating and drinking uh, in good company. It's like wife swap, but chef swap. Well, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How fun. Oh, my gosh, that sounds like an absolute um, hoot. And as well as food and drink, you have so much to do here. As we were walking around, there was all the gardens. I love a garden, me. All the yeah. grounds, the croquet lawn. Yeah. And then we popped into the cinema, the screening room. We've got this amazing cinema as well, correct. Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is a proper cinema. It's not just a glorified yeah. uh, a screening room. Uh, we've got this luxurious suede-lined interior with Italian leather custom-finished uh, seating by Poltrona mm. Frau. It's really high-end. Acoustically as well, uh, the environment is all well-controlled, so you can really get amazing sound. And uh, more importantly, we've got a library with uh, about 600 uh, titles. So you can, all you have to do is uh, take yourself to the cinema. We set it all up. Uh, we get the popcorns uh, going. And the beauty is that you don't have to uh, uh, just rely on soft drinks. Uh, you can you can order something a bit stronger you as well. You get drunk in the there. back row. Uh, I didn't want to say that. But, uh, <laughs> that sounds all like... All is possible, yeah. If you come to relax and recoup, yeah. just to sit down, whack an old, old favourite on and tuck into your popcorn. That That's sounds it. brilliant. That's what we want. And that was in part of the stable sort of yeah. courtyard quad bit. And then just over there, you had the, the spa, which yeah. I have to say today had been half emptied of his water, which was really cool, and a massive paddling pool outside on the lawn. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> it, it goes back to our sustainability as well. Yeah. We, we, You know, there is work to be done. And uh, most businesses probably would have just uh, pulled the plug and let the water go. Yeah. Actually, we saved all the water. Amazing. You know, we hired this uh, two temporary uh, pools, so yeah. all the water has been saved and uh, once the work uh, uh, is finished, we simply backtrack okay. it, put it back in and yeah. uh, filter it as you would anyway. And, uh, you know, we, we, we would have saved a fair amount mm. of water there. So, but yeah, the Aquarius Spa, it's uh, an incredible space. Uh, we've got uh, members, uh, it's open to the public uh, for half-day spas, uh, mm. uh, treatments and so on and so forth. Uh, of course, uh, open to our hotel guests. Uh, He's been in current format for now 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, big news is that in 2025, we're definitely going to be doing some uh, major oh. work there. Uh, so we are looking at all the heat experiences, uh, modernizing them and mm. uh, tweaking it. And perhaps even uh, expanding the spa outwardly into the garden a little Ooh. bit more. So more to watch. You'll have to come Very, back for that oh, one. Absolutely. So I you don't have be... to ask me twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, it is the sort of place where, uh, you know, one can uh, come, relax. Uh, we moved away from uh, um, uh, manicure and uh, all, also like beauty treatments. Mm-hmm. And now we are absolutely focusing entirely on uh, on uh, on um, uh, wellness. wellness. Exactly yeah. that. Exactly that. So we have... Uh, 
uh, classes uh, uh, that we organize very regularly with yoga uh, meditations wow. and uh, you know apart from that it's all about uh, the body and soul really yeah um, oh so important because I feel like you're right there has been this huge shift away from outer skin level beauty to like deeper wellness people are getting in a great space yeah physically mentally and it's incredible that spaces like this are sort of leading that charge I think that's very absolutely cool. and that, I, th- I think that's what the market dictates that's what the people want but you know we we, we, we all still uh, uh, you know uh, uh, nursing our wounds from uh, the uh, from covid and uh, i think we all realize now that we mm. lead the hectic lifestyles no matter who we are what industry we are in uh, and and time to reconnect time to yeah. disengage with uh, uh, technology and uh, you know the mm. the the fast pace that we need to think at uh, is important. And yeah. uh, I think hotels are a bit of a sanctuary now where yeah. we can actually retract and, uh, you know, uh, 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 try to do as little as possible. Yeah. I, I love hotels. We, we, we've spent the last 20 years trying to pack in as much as possible into it, hotels' experiences. And now I think it's a time when actually we should be advocating doing as little as possible and uh, i've always been a great advocate that actually hotels should be offering that opportunity and uh, it is a bit of a sanctuary and in a spa environment i think uh, a bit of pampering and then just enjoy uh, and let time go by i think Mm. is, is key I think that's so important. And actually, we are all so rubbish at doing nothing. We're all terrible, especially when you're at home. There's always that, oh, I've been meaning to fix that thing or do that thing or just do that email. But it's actually something about going to a hotel. It just makes you stop and slow down and just take it all in and eat good food and connect properly with the people you're with. And it's so important. And I think people are really, like you say, post-COVID, really reassessing how they live and how they want to live. I, I don't think we do enough of that, yeah. frankly. There's still an element of people feeling... Uh, it, it, it's often the case when, when, when we go away, uh, you know, for a weekend and, and you come back and uh, family and friends ask you, what, what, what you been up to at the weekend? And if you mention I've been away, and, and if you said you've done nothing, they look at you as if yeah. you've done something wrong. And I think actually it's something that we are learning to appreciate mm. more and more. Oh, actually switching off and relaxing, I yeah. think, is key. That was actually one of my New Year's goals. Oh, now I'm mentioning was go. to switch off more and uh-huh. do nothing more, yeah. and let the brain work its magic and put all those loose ends together yeah. and work things out for me. So there we go. You've just reaffirmed there my New Year's go. resolution. Thank <laughs> you very much. And I'd love to go back to what you mentioned earlier with the spa and how you saved all that water, which is amazing. Yeah. I know sustainability has been really at the core of what yeah. you manage for years. So I'd love to hear a bit about how you've woven that in it feels like you've been a bit ahead of your time here at Watney we are I mean we are, we are definitely our eco-friendly credentials are, are, are second to none in the English countryside uh, for sure um, we, we, we are confident that our approach in delivering luxury in a sustainable manner it's uh, the way forward you know we absolutely want to demonstrate that luxury and sustainability can coexist uh, yeah. and uh, you know even though our demographic is probably not quite uh, in line with the expectation of the millennials and the generation Z, those are people who are definitely coming to work here now. Mm-hmm. And definitely those are the customers, uh, if not immediate now in the next uh, five to 10 oh, yeah. years. So we, we need to invest now for the long term. That's what the, the, the owners want. Uh, and that's uh, uh, what we've been working hard. Um, you know, we, we, we started the journey here. We started back in 2019 when Sue Williams, uh, the formerly GM of Watley, and now uh, uh, supporting us in our consultancy basis, um, uh, started this uh, uh, journey. Um, it, it was basically pivotal for us uh, uh, 
at the beginning to really being able to calculate our green gas emissions. Mm -hmm. That's the first step for anyone who's really serious about it. And through two major bodies called EarthCheck and Greenly, uh, both of which are uh, uh, leader accreditation and benchmarking bodies, we were able, through the rigorous and scientific approach to data uh, analysis, uh, we were able to really quantify how much uh, carbon uh, we had left in our business. Then through uh, a a program called NOW, uh, Climate Positive Program in 2023, we were able to access carbon uh, offsets uh, projects. Uh, And that's um, by, by... by securing carbon credit, which are gold standards, uh, high integrity carbon credits, uh, we are now able to offset what's remaining left in our carbon, in our business, mm-hmm. basically. So we are able to offset, we are able to support projects. Uh, currently, what we offset has gone towards a, 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 a cookstove project in Kenya mm-hmm. uh, through a company called uh, Coco, which provides uh, uh, the distribution infrastructure, cook stove, and bioethanol fuel uh, uh, supply to the communities in Kenya. Uh, those communities would have relied on coal and wood historically mm-hmm. to uh, 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 for cooking. Yeah. Uh, and most of the cooking would have happened in enclosed spaces, so not probably the healthiest way of mm-hmm. cooking. So such projects uh, helps uh, you know communities uh, far and wide uh, around the world to to so like overcome. Some of the challenges uh, that, uh, you know, the United Nations through the SDG, the Sustainable Development Goals, are trying to address. And we want to help as much as we can. In this case, by associating with COCO and what they are doing in Kenya, there are four four key uh, Sustainable Development Goals that you're addressing. One is good health and well-being because they're obviously stopping people from using coal uh, uh, on open fire in an enclosed space. Uh, gender equality. The reality is, uh, it would have been women, yeah. you know, going out every day, uh, you know, walking for miles, trying to find wood to take back home and do the cooking. Uh, create clean energy. Uh, bioethanol fuel is much cleaner, mm-hmm. and you know, no, no, no emissions there. And climate actions. It's yeah. it's a fact that in sub-Saharan uh, Africa there are uh, there's a lot of deforestations going on, yeah. simply used for uh, uh, cooking and heating. So. I think that there is a little bit that we can try to do for, for, for the environment. And when it comes to sustainability, you know, we, we look at ourselves. We look at what we can do to help our teams, the local community. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a mindset. Mm-hmm. We're trying to really hard to focus on uh, uh, best practices, yeah. really. And so, so we don't just talk the talk, we walk the walk. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's so brilliant, isn't it, that these spaces, because hotels, there's so much to it. You can get down... I mean, from the little, remember how toiletries used to be, those little like disposable plastic ones. Now everyone has the big bottles and how you can get down to the tiniest little details, but you can do that in bedrooms, in food, in spa. Totally. It's like the number of levels that you could be, you can look at from a new angle is incredible. It's such a huge project. It's amazing to hear you're really sort of, yeah, the, 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 there's a lot of low-hanging fruits that, you know, most hotels, most businesses mm. nowadays, uh, you know, that are, are sort of like approaching the subject and trying to do the right thing. We certainly don't want to be accused of uh, greenwashing. Yeah. So everything, the key is being able to measure what what, yeah. what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. if you're not good at something, you must be able to say, well, actually, that's the impact that has uh, on, mm-hmm. on, on, on the environment. And that bit by bit, it, you know, you just need to question yourself, your practices. And mm. when you're looking at uh, capital investments, 
always look at ways that, uh, you know, you want to decarbonize your business. Mm -hmm. And obviously those are long-term uh, projects. And that's something that our owners is always very supportive of us. And that's something that we are now uh, uh, considering uh, alternative to what we've got currently mm -hmm. in line with the project uh, in the SPA in 2025. Um, but there is a lot that can be done. You know, yeah. little steps uh, can go a long way to actually help uh, uh, the environment and, uh, and becoming sustainable. And meaning sustainable means also as a business, you yeah. want still to be able to make money. So, um, you know, it, it has to be a, a financially viable uh, uh, alternative to the way we've been done We've, we've done business historically, mm -hmm. so it's 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 a way of adapting to the yeah. current uh, reality. And uh, you know, sustainability is not just a buzzword; it's something that we all need to accept uh, and become part of the culture of every day's uh, governance of businesses. I think. Yeah, and what a brilliant mentality to have, and Thank kind you. of leads into my next question, which is the next chapter here at Watley Manor. What yeah. that looks like. Yeah, I think the, the, this year I've only been here four months now, and uh, so Williams, my predecessor, has done an incredible job. So I'm inheriting mm -hmm. a good team and inheriting a property that you know it, it, it's beautiful. There's nothing major that needs to be done really, apart from the odd sprucing up here and there as it happens now. So for me, this year is about consolidation. Um, and, and strengthening uh, the team. Mm -hmm. the, the, the big news is that we are now opening uh, uh, Grays seven days a week. Up until now, it's been operating five days a week. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, our food and beverage available seven nights uh, instead of the five that mm -hmm. we, uh, we've had during 2023. And uh, we're also launching a new afternoon tea concept. Uh, basically, we're going to be serving afternoon tea uh, from uh, noon until four, seven days a week mm -hmm. instead of uh, four days a week uh, yeah. for uh, three hours in the afternoon. The idea is really to reconnect uh, with uh, uh, the local community, making sure they know that we are open for mm -hmm. business seven days a week um, and for hotel guests uh, to be able to have a, a, a you know, a, a a nice dinner uh, mm. seven nights a week instead of the uh, five, uh, the four nights that we are currently uh, doing. So that that's that's exciting. Um, we, you know, as I said, Ricky is launching his new menus in February. Uh, we've got special evenings. Uh, I think those are uh, all things that we are lining up for mm -hmm. uh, 2024. Oh, well, it sounds like a very exciting time and lots to come back for, a new menu, maybe a new yep, spa. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll be seeing me again, Kayleigh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, one area that we're also working hard is we, we, Emmanuel Ribeiro is an incredible sommelier. He's been with us seven or eight months and uh, we, sh we, we share a lot of passions, actually, on style of wine, type of wines that we want. Mm. And uh, um, um, I, I have to say, hopefully none of my barmans uh, 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 will listen to me. But I'm, I'm growing quite tired of cocktails and uh, please, please don't, don't, don't tell too many people. Uh, but I, I always love wines and uh, I've had a fair few glasses over the years. And uh, we, we, both Emmanuel Manuel and I um, uh, 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 absolutely appreciate uh, the ever-growing trend for low-intervention wines. Uh, mm. There's definitely a better understanding, appreciations uh, uh, in the, uh, amongst the public, really, for biodynamic, organic, natural, and to a lesser extent, orange wines. And uh, we're working hard in evolving our wine list to having more and more such wines uh, uh, featuring on our wine list. So 
that's something very exciting that, you know, uh, Manuel is driving and uh, I'm fully behind him uh, on, on, on that project. So there'll be more wines, uh, low intervention wines on our wine list than How ever before. How exciting. God, you bring all those trendy wine bars to Watley. Well, I mean, that, yeah. that's, that's the thing. I, I always say that, you know, I always look to London uh, for inspirations. Yeah. Uh, and I look at the high street for inspirations and I look at London in particular for the food and wine mm. scene. And uh, you are seeing wine bar springing up again. And I remember in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, when I lived in London, there were a few mm. wine bars uh, around. It was quite common. Uh, dare I say that the quality of wines back then was not <laughs> quite uh, as good as one would expect. Uh, but the whole concept of actually, uh, uh, you know, uh, convivially get together uh, and sit around a table with a bottle of wine and sharing a few glasses, I think mm. is something that is coming back. And I think it leads more... Uh, to the old concept of being together, yes. I think, uh, rather than cocktail, because you can share a bottle of wine, you can sample uh, wines, oh. and uh, I, I love that. So That's a um, really lovely well, way of looking at it. Mm. I love that, how you're sharing this one thing, this one moment, and at the end of the day, it's so good for the soul, isn't it? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's been such a pleasure. Or two. <laughs> or two, or three, who are we Depending how many we are in the room. Yeah, why put a limit on it? <laughs> Oh, it's been so lovely to chat, Michele. Thank I do, you. of course, have a closing tradition. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you three questions. Yeah. And you imagine you've cashed that winning lottery check. So yeah. goodbye, Watley. He's yeah. off. Number one. Where Sorry, guys. <laughs> yes. So you're four months in and he's off. <laughs> so number one, where are you running away to to disconnect and to detox? Oh, OK. Um, I, I probably... De- Depends, depends which time of the year it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's summer, it has to be the Dolomites. Mm. I love my cycling. And I know lots of people associate the Alps and, and the Dolomites in particular with uh, skiing and winter yeah. holidays. I, I think people are missing a trick. If you've never been to the Dolomites uh, or any part of the Alps in the summer, you're missing out on something. It is absolutely special. And yeah. if you love hiking, cycling, or just good fresh air, and good food, I can't think of a better place. Mm. If it's winter, uh, I have to say Jamaica, either mm. in the parish of Portland or St. Elizabeth. Uh, not the seaside, up in the hills, you absolutely get the best time uh, of your life. I've, I've had many, many memories of, uh, uh, you know, winter uh, days uh, spent in Jamaica, you know, we, waking up in the morning, picking your mangoes and bananas and oranges uh, from a tree, for your breakfast, I think oh. you you can't beat that. And if you accompany that by Blue Mountain coffee, I can't think of a better way of starting a day. So yeah, those would be my wow. two. Wow, um, very strong answers. Setting the bar <laughs> high for your other answers. Also, it sounds like we'll find you up a hill then, that mountain air hill. Yes, I, yeah, oh. I, I need to be slightly even. Stra- I live in Stroud on, on top of a hill. You you <laughs> you, you never find me. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, never at sea to, level. Yeah. Ne- never <laughs> see. I go. I like to go to the sea, but uh, not not living too close <laughs> okay. to the sea. Next one's slightly different. Yeah. Your ultimate birthday party, where would you be hosting it? Oh, ah, that's a nice one. Um, <laughs> my ultimate uh, um, birthday party, I think I would like to have that on the common in uh, Minchin Hampton Common near Stroud. A garden party. It's thing. well. It's it's common. It's open to the yeah. public, and uh, I always find it very amusing. It's an incredible space, and it home. It, it, it's home to a a, a public uh, golf course, oh. uh, but because it's a common, uh, um, uh, local 
farmers have and tenants have the right to take their cows up on the common to graze. So you have golfers and cows all blending together and I can't think of a better place where you can have a jolly good party as well just to throw in some extra challenges for the golfers. Yeah, just watch out. You can probably tell that I don't play golf. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for flying golf balls and cow cats. Absolutely. It'd be great, yeah. (laughs) And then finally, your once-in-a-lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you heading and are you going to stay anywhere special? Yeah, I, I would like... I would like to go to Asia. I haven't been Ooh. there. Probably Vietnam would be my country. Yes. Mm. I would love to spend a couple of uh, months there. Mm. I think the the, 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 the varietal that you can get from north to south, it's, uh, it's a very complex uh, country, yeah. lots to offer. And uh, I would love to make that trip of a lifetime. Lots of history, lots mm. of culture, lots of food, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. lots of mountains for you. Yeah, lots of mountains, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Mountains that always have to feature in some in some form. Oh, well, that sounds brilliant. I hope you get your trip to Vietnam. Thank it's been you. such a pleasure chatting. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this Curator Spaces episode. And if you've enjoyed listening, please do hit that follow or subscribe button. It helps so much with finding new brilliant partners who keep the podcast going so that we can keep sharing the stories behind all of these amazing spaces. And if you are looking for more content, you can find links in the show notes to both our Instagram and Substack, or you can subscribe for our weekly roundup of slow travel and under the radar finds. Now go and crack on with booking that next trip and I'll catch you next time for more Curated Spaces. Oh, 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 oh